caddies are wonderful for golf and yet only available 1% or less of the time. To the everyday golfer like myself, caddies were never offered to me. No matter what your reason for playing golf, a caddy enhances it. That led us to create an instrument where people could connect with the golf savvy community. They would be able to add a caddy to any golf round that they chose. And that's where Caddy Time came from. And where Caddy Time comes in is it's an on-demand caddy platform that delivers the highest quality caddy to whatever that golfer needs. And sometimes golfers need a competitive caddy, but also for senior play, junior play, women's play. These are first-time play. Caddies are a terrific bridge to the golf facility. Hey everyone, welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast, where we speak with the influencers, disruptors, entrepreneurs, and innovators who are shaping the future of golf. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. If you're new to the Mod Golf Podcast, thanks so much for joining us. And if you enjoy what you hear, please subscribe to the show to learn about our upcoming episode, listen to some previous ones, and to enter our latest golf product giveaway contest. I'm your host, Colin Weston, and today my guest is Brett Jaffe, who is the co-founder and CEO of Caddy Time. Caddy Time is the app that connects golfers to caddies across the USA and Canada with a simple mission of enhancing the game for golfers, courses, and caddies. So with that introduction, hey, Brett, good to see you again since I haven't seen you since the PGA show when you were kind enough to take me out for dinner back, gosh, about six months ago. So it's good to not only see you again, but also to hear your voice. So welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast, Brett. Hello, Colin. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me and great to see you again. It's been a little while. It has been a little while. Absolutely, Brett. So I know since we last broke some bread and had dinner together, things have changed or I didn't change. Things have scaled. It's been exciting what's gone on in the world of caddy time. So we're going to get into that, the backstory, the aha moment, everything that you put together before creating caddy time. But I always like to start with this icebreaker, Brett, as you know, Could you please share with us your initial connectivity to golf, your first golf experience ever in your life, and who was the person or people that invited you and encouraged you to make that happen? I love that question, and it uh, actually made me think. I mean, the first rounds I ever played, I was probably 12 years old, and we weren't golfers. We were baseball players growing up, and my friends and I would get an afternoon off, and we'd go out and play nine holes and that was all I could stomach <laughs> at the end of nine holes I was exhausted right right and it was more about hanging out with those friends than it was about golf and it wasn't until college that I got by the golf bug gotcha and at college what was once again that onboarding to someone invite you is this something you want to take up yourself did you encourage friends to go or what because that's one of the biggest challenges for golf as we know is a, it takes a long time it's hard to learn it's expensive all those pain points we've talked about for a long time now but that power of invitation of being invited out for that first time or to have an experience even you haven't played for a while. So tell us about that. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I don't know what it's like today on college campuses, but back then, golf was a class I could take. It was an elective. Really? All right. And so it consisted of going to the driving range and hitting golf balls and letting someone who appeared to be an instructor tell you to check in. And if you did that, you got an A. And by the end of that semester, I just had fallen in love with golf. I was able to hit the ball and I was going to the driving range once a week. That's all it was. And then at the end of that, you got a special access to the course at a reasonable price because you were a student. And I just started playing with my friends and we just started playing. And then when I graduated, I'd gotten my handicap down to probably an 18 and I was thrilled. Right, right. Wow. As an elective. Yeah. 
gee, I wish I would have had that option when I was in architecture school back in the day. I think I ended up taking a statistics course, which I barely passed. And it was a lot less fun than spending time in the driving range. So maybe I was taking the wrong electives. I was in the wrong program, maybe. Who, who knows? I had no idea it was an option, but boy, I was excited. <laughs> there you go. So other thing I always love to ask is golf is about stories. It's about memories and, and kind of shared experiences. So share with us over the years you've played golf, one thing that stands out, one memory, one experience that makes you smile. So I don't know if it's a hole in one or it was close or maybe something that you actually witnessed. No, I have a fresh memory here. And all right. So I'm glad you're asking that question because it was just about a month ago that I was playing in my annual golf tournament. I haven't won it in 25 years, my partner and I. And we played the Sunday of our lives, made it to a sudden death playoff, found ourselves, unfortunately, on a par five, about 220 out in two. And I stuck a five wood, 220 yards into the wind in front of 50 people, about eight feet from the cup. God, I have lots of tape. I can send it to you. <laughs> I do. Well, actually, you did. Oh, I did send it, yeah. You messaged me that a little while ago, and I was like, wow, that's impressive. And you had a gallery. You, there was about 15 or 20 golf carts out there with people, so uh, there was no performance anxiety there. You, you delivered, man. It was clutch. But hey, did, did your partner make the putt, though? It's not about that. No, we did not make the putt. We actually lost. <laughs> like, it's not about that. <laughs> we actually lost. But I have that clutch moment. I'll forever remember. Nice. What a swing. And and you have it on video. So it's not just your words that maybe you did or didn't. It, it, I saw it. It was real. I, I love that. So thanks. Thanks for sharing that, Brett. Okay. So let's talk about caddy time. We're going to get into the backstory, but here for our listeners, let's start straight out. If you want to treat this as the elevator pitch or like I'm an investor. So very succinctly tell us what you do with caddy time and why you do it. Well, the easy part is caddies are wonderful for a game of golf and yet only available 1% or less of the time. Mm. And so to the everyday golfer like myself, caddies were never offered to me. No matter what your reason for playing golf, a caddy enhances it. That led us to create an instrument where people could connect with the golf-savvy community. They would be able to add a caddy, a qualified caddy, to any golf round that they chose. And that's where caddy time came from. Got it, got it. Now, I know there's some other caddy apps out there that I guess you can say democratizes the ability for people to then have access, even like myself as a high handicapper and and not being in a private club of having that experience. So what did you see inspiration or as we say, what were the pain points or the opportunity? You talked about the gaps a little bit, but how did you see this as bringing this together as an app, I guess really as a two-sided marketplace, almost like the Airbnb for caddies, if that's a good analogy. Tell us a little bit about that. It's a great analogy. Yeah, there are other apps that do connect golfers and caddies. And those are really meant for the 1% of courses that are offering caddies. They make that a better system. Right. And they are wonderful and we applaud them and we love any club that is using caddies all the time. But for most clubs, they can't match the supply and demand the way a club that forces you to take a caddy can. One week, you might need 10 caddies. One week, you might need 20, 30. You might have a tournament. They might need zero. And clubs, and what they were doing was then abandoning their caddy programs because it was too difficult to manage. And where caddy time comes in is it's an on-demand caddy platform that delivers the highest quality caddy to whatever that golfer needs. And sometimes golfers need a competitive caddy. And we have... Now, you know, we've mentioned we've signed on a bunch of the tours because it's allowing their players to connect to a qualified caddy going into the different tour stops where they don't know people in those cities. 
but also for senior play, junior play, women's play. These are first-time play. Right, right. Caddies are a terrific bridge to the golf, the green grass facility. Absolutely. So and we talked earlier about who invited you to the game first and that power of invitation. And for a lot of people, especially women, younger people, visible minorities, that saying of in order to be one, you need to see one. Are you finding already, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, Brett, but are you finding that women that are on your app who have never used a caddy before, are they encouraged to then have women caddies that can then help them in the game and they find that more comfortable? What are you finding in that area there, especially with women? You know, you touch on a great area. Of course, the first timer, the apprehension of going to the golf course, women, especially as they disproportionately flock to the sport, represent a big part of that group. And they're the ones that are having to cross that bridge most often right now. Caddies are a terrific way to get first timers, women, juniors to the course. And for the women who are posting the round or for a junior who posts it, you can request on the app, whatever you need. And you can say, we're a group of women who are first timers and really would like another female caddy. That can be requested and put into the system. If there's a legitimate reason to ask for a female caddy, it is allowed. If there's an illegitimate reason to ask for a female caddy, you get kicked off the system. Right, right, of course. So I understand with caddy time, it's available first in the States because that's where you are. And now you're in into Canada also. Is that correct? So those two countries, and that's where you are, you're, at, you're active right now? Yeah, we really launched North America, Canada, and the U.S., and it exploded. We've since gone to about seven other countries on uh, four different continents. We've executed rounds down in Rio and Aqaba, Jordan, and it's just taken a life of its own. But certainly our focus is North America. The system's in English, and we have developed relationships with tours across North America. Got it. Got it. Well, we'll talk about the kind of the power of partnerships to propel you forward and faster uh, in a minute here, but let's take a step back. I'm always interested in the user or the customer journey. And I guess you've got a couple of different journeys here. Let's say myself as a player and then also for the caddy. And so we'll talk about the caddies in a second, but let's run through this. I'm in Vancouver here. I want to play around, whether it's today, I don't know how much lead time I need in advance. You can talk about this. I've downloaded the app and I want a caddy today. I want that experience at a golf course in Vancouver, let's say the University Golf Club where I play a lot. And I want to book it for tomorrow afternoon. I've already got the tee time. So walk me through that journey, how then I would be able to have choices with caddies and how that would all come together. Think of Uber and we follow that same kind of logic. You will enter in the details of the round. I'm playing tomorrow. At three o'clock, it's 18 holes, we're walking, we're riding, it's a competitive round, it's executive round. You'll enter in the details and then you'll post that. You'll pay a booking fee like you book a car. The round gets posted and qualifying caddies with a hundred mile radius get notified that that round got posted. Right. They can then review that round and say, oh, I see Collins just do a leisure nine hole in the afternoon. Ah, uh, yeah, sure, I'll take it. And they book that round. The minute they say, I'll take it, you and the caddy can communicate through the app and you can say, Hey, I'm starting on hole four. It's a shotgun start. Bring ice. I <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. We'll dig into this a little bit more as you were developing, not only the app and the, and the technical side of that before you launched the product, but also that revenue model is also your pricing model. So how does that work? 
expand on that. Let's say, I, I don't know, is this caddy going to be $20 or maybe they're going to be $100? Is that, that something I negotiate back and forth or is that already set? And then also, you don't have to give numbers here as far as percentages or anything, but I'm also curious as far as your money model also is how do you make money off of this? The great news is we can adjust the price per region, per course. In Los Angeles and San Francisco, it's $110 to book a caddy. Well, that's not what it is in Jackson, Mississippi. Okay. In Jackson, Mississippi, it's $60 to book a caddy. And the expectation is you'll pay a booking fee for the caddy, and then you'll tip the caddy $20 Canadian or $20 US per bag. And it's just that simple. So if the caddy is tending to two bags, they're going to get $40 in cash tip plus their booking fee. Right. And that equates to about $30 to $50 an hour at the minimum level. Right. Right. Nice. So tell us about that other side of the business, of the marketplace, if you will. Let's say myself, maybe I could caddy for some people. I probably could because they have only started the game There's and I played at this course. I know it well enough. Someone's like a, a two handicap and me helping them. Maybe that's not the greatest thing, but let's, let's talk about that. Could I get on the app in the greater Vancouver region as a caddy with my profile of the type of people I can caddy for and would add value to, and then also ones that obviously I would not be able to add value. So talk about that side of the marketplace with the caddies. Oh, there is need for all skill levels. So the answer to your question, Colin, yes, you could absolutely caddy on our system because not everybody is looking for a competitive advantage caddy. And sometimes they're looking just for an executive caddy to help rake the traps and repair the divots and make it a little less physically strenuous on them. And that's the best news of all. You know, caddy time is powered by the golf savvy communities in every city across North America. And every golf city across North America has a golf savvy community. They have people in the area who are painters and doctors and lawyers and realtors all professions who are also great golfers and side hustling for 30, 40, $50 an hour is very different. Also, it's so much fun. And caddy time now offers you an opportunity to caddy at the professional level. Yes. You can caddy on the professional tours with caddy time. If you meet the certain minimum expectation, which most of our caddies meet. And I know nothing about the caddy world at all, even though I've spoken on the podcast to a couple of professional caddies, but is there a test? I don't know if there's caddy school or caddy college or, or is it like you would get a, a three or a five-star review, whether it's Yelp or Airbnb as a super host, that the better you do, the more you rank up. So tell us a little bit about that as far as that type of feedback loop. Yeah, both are correct. So you enter the system taking a caddy assessment. Okay. And the assessment was developed by behavioral psychologists. They look at your existing golf and caddy skills and ability. It's going to look at where are you today? And that tells us where you can operate on the system. After that, you then get rated at the end of each round. Golfer rates caddy, caddy rates golfer. And so there is a quality control system that gets put in place that at the end of it, we have a significant number of ratings that tell us what kind of caddy you really are out there. Personality and customer service matter, although those aren't things that we look at on our assessment. Those are things we get at once you get out there and start caddying for us. Gotcha. Gotcha. We are now going to take a short break to hear about a company that I really like and support. Attention all you fabulous women golfers. We are partnering with our good friends at Kenyona Sport to offer 20% off your purchase of stylish golf apparel using promo code MODGOLF. Save on tops, shorts, pants, skirts, dresses, skorts, jackets, vests, and accessories using the link 
my.kinonasport.com forward slash modgolf. I included the link in the show notes for this episode to make it nice and easy for you. That's my.kinonasport.com forward slash modgolf to receive 20% off your purchase using promo code modgolf. Happy shopping. Okay, I want to rewind the tape a couple of years to ask some of these questions. Starting with, when did you launch Caddy Time? And before that, when did you start to build your minimum viable product, your beta? Give us some some dates as a time frame there, Brett. We launched Caddy Time almost exactly a year to the day today. We built it probably a year prior to that. We've been going for two years. The product has been out there for one year. Okay. So I want to dig a little deeper into that because a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs or considering entrepreneurship. They've got an idea maybe for a product, experience, or service, and they don't know where to start. So I'm very curious to hear when you came up with the concept and the idea of Caddy Time, what did you do for what they call your customer discovery? What was the process for you as you're thinking, okay, these are the, all the assumptions and the needs there that are solving this problem, but will people actually pay for this well, you know, on the caddy side, on the golfer side? So tell us a little bit of that as far as how you manage your customer discovery process to validate that caddy time is in fact something that is a viable and sustainable business model. Yeah, and, and that's a great question because that's certainly what the investors and uh, the money people investing their time and money want to know. Absolutely. I'm fortunate enough to live in Central Florida, which is one of the golf capital spots of the world, really. We play golf here. We have a lot of golf courses. And we were able to get in front of a lot of golfers, caddies, and courses. And we really saw that as the three big pillars of this. And when talking to the courses, we saw that adding a caddy meant additional revenue to the course. It meant reduction in turnover to the assistant pro and cart barn positions. It meant more bodies on property, equaling more hot dogs purchased. It was just a total win for the course. They just couldn't get into sustaining a caddy program because of the headaches of the labor. And then we talked to the caddies. And caddies are tethered to the golf courses they work at. And communities where only 1% of them have caddies, they're tethered to that 1% course. And they are, can't make any money anywhere else. And with Addy Time, they can. They can make money on a course next to their house. And they loved it. And it also raises the awareness of their profession and celebrates their profession. Yes. And we went to the golfers. And for golfers, I don't care what your reason for golfing that day, caddies make better across the board. That led us to present to some money people. And they bought it. They thought, you're right. You're on to something that hasn't been touched on. And we had no idea at the tour level that they were going to be so excited about it. The establishment was going to get really excited about what caddy time is for their institutions. It's a wonderful spreader of the joy of golf. Yes. It's a wonderful eye-opener to non-golfers. Easy access, $30, $40, $50 an hour job is a terrific eye-opener to anyone not playing golf. Good stuff. So as far as your customers... There's the 80-20 rule, and it applies to pretty much everything in life and a lot of things in business. So I'm, I'm curious to know if the 80-20 rule applies to you where 20% of your app users and your customers make up 80% of your revenue, as in they're the ones that keep reusing it over and over and over again that they love it. So this is a two-part question. So talk about the recurring people and the stickiness that they have and the incentives that you provide for them and motivate them to keep booking and using it again and again. And then also that other piece, how do you then find new golfers to get on the app and encourage them to use it for the first time? So talk about those two different customer segments. 
you know, we launched having really no idea what direction we were going to go in, but we were going to stay flexible. Mm. And we began to market to courses and golfers. And to your point, the 80-20 is absolutely correct. We have 20% of our registrants who are using the system pretty actively. And the great news is for us is we grow every day. Mm. We have not spent a penny on marketing. Wow. We have been a guerrilla marketing effort and it has grown to seven countries and four continents and all the usage and hundreds and hundreds of rounds that are taking place and nooks and crannies of the country in North America that we didn't even know had golf courses. It just is really exciting to see it spread that way. Mm-hmm. To your question, we're trying to manage that growth, which is not easy to do because it's it's getting away from us in certain areas. We're getting requests before we have caddies in place. Right. And we have to deploy a triage team to go out there and try to get qualified caddies registering on the system who can take them. These are growing pains that we'll happily and joyfully uh, deal with, but it really is a delicate balance of making sure that each exchange is a terrific one so that people come back. So with your existing users, the ones that love it, I'm sure they're telling friends, you know, for marketing, word of mouth, user-generated content also, that is gold. It is absolutely incredibly valuable because trust is already built in. If one of their friends is already using it and they recommend it without you even saying anything, that's amazing and extremely valuable. So do you incentivize people with the app? my question here is for your power users, the ones that use it all the time, do you give them rewards and delighters? Do you have caddy cash or they get little discounts or if they bring someone else on for the first time and they use it, are they rewarded in some way? Do you have any program like that or is there any value in something like that? We have not started a reward program yet. We have not. We should. And you bring that light. Thank you very much, Colin, because we'll get on that. But we've been so busy focused on the growth that we haven't gone back to shake the hands or pat the backs of those who've gotten us here. Gotcha. Gotcha. And on the caddy side, it sounds especially getting into new markets and new cities, that does take some work to raise awareness. Just like you have through that marketing funnel that you raise awareness to get people to get potential caddies comfortable and then part of your system. So do you also, with other caddies out there, do you incentivize them at all? Or is that a possibility also to bring in their friends? Yes. Yeah, we really have with the caddies. We've got an incentive program where they help open up new courses that will allow caddies. And we can reward them for every round that takes place at that course going forward. So in that regard, we've had a lot of caddies step up to try to get us into golf courses and it's worked. Gotcha. Well, I was going to ask that question as far as, especially private courses. I think there's in North America over 15,000 courses. And I think I'm going to get the number wrong. I'm sure you know this, but I don't know if about a third of them are private, but whatever that number is, how do you manage that relationship? Because I'm sure there's some barriers. I think, you know, security or, you know, we don't want people that aren't part of our club as far as caddies coming on the property. How do you get those type of clubs to see the value in caddy time and to allow you to be part of their private club? You know, caddy time really fills a niche for them and a need. Right now, they deal with the contract laborer not being a part of their labor force and really being a distant third party. Caddy time is a terrific, solid wall between them and their contract laborer. And so it really is serving a great purpose for liability for these courses that it actually is a better way for them to operate. A lot of times they get in trouble with, hey, we're going to have our caddies sweep the parking lot while they wait. Well, then is my caddy an employee or 
And then all of a sudden there's issues with workers' comp and other things. Right. So with Caddy Time, it's a pure Caddy platform for them. They also empower their offers to execute right. and perform the functions on the app. That allows them that plausible distance as well. Got it. So as far as extending the value proposition for new golf courses, I'm sure they're not rewarded in a financial way. I don't think they would get a cut from these caddies. So what is that? I know you touched on a little bit there, Brett, but expand on that. So what would incentivize them as the value proposition for them rather than saying, well, why would we bother doing this? This doesn't actually help us in any way. First of all, they do get a financial cut per caddy round. Okay. So there, there is a dollar amount they get returned. They do get the increased revenue boost for having an actual person on property that day. Mm-hmm. They do get the better wear and repair that takes place of their course. They get a better pace of play that day, which is revenue to the course because the caddy is optimizing everyone's pace of play. And then they get the reduction in turnover that this new high wage side hustle is available to their traditionally low-waged turnover position. Mm. So it is a complete win for the course. Sounds like you've had that conversation with some golf course (laughs) managers and operators a a couple of times. (laughs) You nailed that one. Okay, I want to ask you a couple other questions here before we finish up and we jump over for our other conversation, our video conversation for our Mod Golf YouTube channel, which I do encourage our listeners to come over there. And because we will ask some different questions, we're going to mix it up there. Really want to talk about the future and the potential of where you're going with caddy time. We're going to hold off on that right now. But I want to talk about entrepreneurship and yourself personally and your journey. Did you have the entrepreneurship bug as a kid, as a teenager? Or is this something that kind of hits you later on? Or is caddy time your first foray into the entrepreneurship pool? Or have you done other things in the past? So, so tell us about that as far as your entrepreneurial journey, Brett. Yes, I was a, a bred entrepreneur. My father was one of the great entrepreneurs I've ever seen. Mm. He is one of the great entrepreneurs I've ever seen. And he still continues to work daily and build companies. And I watched him fail about 70% of the time. And it was those 30% wins that he was just uh, doing so wonderfully on. And I have two older brothers and a sister, and all of us are entrepreneurs. We all went down roads where that was the path we chose. And we were just big dreamers. And my father was big and put in the work. Right. I've failed a bunch of times as well, and I've had some successes, and this appears to be my great success, so it's been great. I'm just going to keep doing it. Love it. I usually ask the question, who are your mentors? Who inspires you as entrepreneurs? I have a feeling I know the answer to that question. It sounds like it is your dad. It is my dad, yeah, yeah. He's he's terrific. And he's involved in caddy time, actually, on a day-to-day basis. I'm fortunate that I have two older brothers who are also incredibly smart, incredibly entrepreneurial spirit, and we just got going in those different directions at an early age, and it was just ingrained in us to carve your own path. No, you're very fortunate because you are the exception rather than the rule, because I know myself personally in entrepreneurship, I didn't grow up with that. My dad was the career guy, same place for 40 years, which is totally fine. But it still makes for some odd conversations or with him, it's like, what are you doing exactly? And then sometimes I don't explain it all that well. I think he's quite concerned that maybe I'm a bit of a misfit. I I have a problem that I perhaps unemployable or I can no longer get a real job. (laughs) But your dad gets you, it sounds like. Yes, thank thank God my dad gets me for sure. There we go. I want to finish up with this question here because everything doesn't go right. You mentioned the F word that fails and you have to embrace that. And that's okay. And you have to learn from all of that and keep going or, or pivot and try something new. So I'm, I'm curious about this, the assumptions that you made while you're building the first iteration of caddy time before you even launched, 
the features and the benefits that you had? Did you think, oh, people want this exactly? And once you launched, you realize you got more feedback and insights. Oh, people don't want that as much and they want more of this. So you can tell us about that journey. Is, is the version you have now exactly the same as what you had originally? Or of things, as they say, have you pivoted? Have you done a little less of this, a little more of that, got rid of that thing and added some new things? So tell us about that design process. The other F word is flexible. You better stay flexible and pivot. Right, right. We've pivoted and we have added some new features to the app that allow us to change the price per address. We found that that was important. We thought we could blanket just set the price and we would be the ones telling people what it costs to have a caddy. And that's not what it is. Right. Community tells us what the caddy costs. If you want to say uh, book a caddy for $75 in Los Angeles, you're not going to have anyone show up. If you do that in Tennessee, you'll have everyone show up. And so it really has gotten to the point we've had to create some new versions to where people could do that. Also, some people want their caddy to know every blade of grass, and that's important to them, and that's okay. And other golfers don't care. They just want their caddy to be personable and know how to get their own ball in the hole real quickly. And, and we've enabled a feature where the golfer can detail that. We had no idea we would be on the professional tour so quickly, where tour players would be booking caddies for their professional rounds coming up. Their livelihood depends on it. And we had caddies who were able to caddy in the PGA Canada National Championship at Beacon Hall just a few months ago. That is incredible to us. We can't even believe it. That's a meaningful connection where you're allowing people to pay some power bills and some water bills. At the same time, you're having them have a great time making a living. And that's what we all want. That's why you and I do what we do. Yes, I agree, Brett. That is why we do what we do. So, hey, let's finish up here. And before you go, why don't you share with our listeners here how they can find you and learn more about Caddy Time. Of course, we have a website, www.caddytime.com. And Caddy Time is C-A-D-D-Y-T-I-M-E. We are on both Google Play and the Apple uh, app store. So you just download the app, just follow a very similar, uh, instruction formula as Uber. And it's that easy to be a caddy when it's that easy to add a caddy. Good stuff, Brett. Thanks for that. And as I always do in the show notes for Brett's episode, I will include all the links to their website and also to their social media. So, Hey, where can people find you, uh, on social media? What platforms do you hang out on there, Brett? Yes, uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, we have all on there. We're the only caddy time, C-A-D-D-Y on there, but please find us on there and we have a great presence and growing and wonderful. There you have it. All right, let's wrap that up. Like we mentioned, we're now going to jump on a Zoom call. So we're going to switch it up a little bit. Some other questions are going to ask a little bit about uh, entrepreneurship, deeper dive into that with Brett on our YouTube channel. So come join us over there. Also, the link will be included in the show notes for that. Brett, thanks very much for joining me today. I look forward to seeing you again. Uh, again, thanks so much for uh, for treating me to dinner at the PGA show. I know we didn't get a chance to play golf there because uh, it was a little cold and a little rainy. And I'm from Canada, from Vancouver, and it's rainy and cold all the time. I was willing to play, but you guys weren't. So, uh, so yeah, we didn't play. I guess it wasn't warm enough for you. I played that day, Colin. I did. I did, yeah. Oh, that's – sorry. I stand corrected. Yes, you did play. I played horribly, but I played. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Next time we get together in January – 
no matter what the temperature. Let's get together for a round then. I think we will. I'll buy, I'll buy you dinner. Again, we are in my town, I'll buy you dinner. I promise you we will. <laughs> so, hey, with that, Brett Jaffe, who is the founder of Caddy Time, good to catch up with you. Thanks for sharing your entrepreneurial journey, everything you've got going on, where you're headed. I really enjoyed this conversation. And uh, listeners out there, I hope you did too. And hey, if you enjoyed this conversation, uh, let's make it interactive. Reach out to me through the uh, the show page there. And uh, yeah, leave your comments. Let us know what you liked and uh, let us know about future guests that you'd like to see. So with that, Brett Hay. Again, thanks so much for joining me today on the Mod Golf Podcast. Good to see you, Colin. So that's a wrap for this episode of the Mod Golf Podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation about entrepreneurship in the golf industry, you can find more compelling episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen in. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on our homepage to hear about upcoming episodes and to enter our latest golf product giveaway. I'm your host, Colin Weston. Thanks very much for joining me. Bye for now.